Beruchim Haboyim B'Shem Hashem Berachnuchem B'Veis Hashem Welcome to our weekly Wednesday night share, we mean weekly. As each week, shares the Ilanishmas, Aaron Baruch Halevi Ben Khan Ben Yudah, and Amelia Basara. May the Nishamas reach the highest of places and may they be stand in the good stead of their family, children, and all those that pray for them and they pray for. Um, yeah. Pash Mishpatim. Do I need to say anything else? I can finish the share now. Pash Mishpatim. Pash Mishpatim Shabbos Mavarchim. Chedish Oder. Ah, Chedish Oder is on its way. But, let's do the halachas quickly. For those who need to do the halachas, as we sometimes have a difficulty going over these halachas and understanding these halachas, Shabbos mevarchim chaydesh other karev lenissen. The Shabbos mevarchim of chaydesh other, which is closest to the month of Nissan. Second, my mistake. Sorry. Closest to the month of Nissan is called Shabbos Shkolim, Pasha Shkolim. The Seder of the Four Pashas. Welcome, Atlanta. The Seder of the Four Pashas is Shkolim, Zachar, Chaydesh, Epara, and Chaydesh. Let us just start with the halach of Shkolim. Shkolim is the Shabbos of Shabbos Mevorchim Chodesh Adar or Shabbos Rish Chodesh Adar. This year we miss it that much because Rish Chodesh is Thursday and Friday. So Shabbos Mevorchim is this Shabbos, the Shabbos before. And therefore it will also be Shabbos Pasha Shkolim. However, because of this Kviyas like this, there's going to be a break from the four Pashas. Pashas Kolim will be this Shabbos. And then the next Shabbos will be no sh- nothing special, just Truma. The following Shabbos will be Zacher. Because the Shabbos before Purim is Zacher, not the Shabbos after Shkolim. Okay, you can sit and work that out back and forth. And when you find the 30th Dalat, we'll be all good. <laughs> <laughs> this makes more sense than that, I'm sorry. So it's Pashish Shkolim, Mishpatim, and today was Chav Beis Shvat. Bruchais Haboyis to the Shluchais, all the Shluchais that came from throughout the world for the Kines HaShluchais this year, which of course always is in the time of Chav Beis Shvat, the Rebetzin's Yard site. I just heard a story, literally just this, uh, <laughs> just two minutes ago, we dive in Maidiv, and we learn a shir, we learn a shir every night, and then we dive in Maidiv, and there's one young man that's always told him he goes to get stuff for a tikkun, for a l'chaim, when there's an occasion, 
Unless some people bring on their own occasions, birthdays, yachts, whatever. And uh, the other day, I think it was a Monday or Sunday, I gave him money. Not much. Don't anybody get excited and all the people that I owe money to don't come running. That I'm into money all of a sudden. Um, I gave him money. And I said, for Tuesday night, for the Rebetzin's Yatzeit, Chavbein Shvat, you'll bring Tikkun. He said, if I remember, if I can come, if I get here. Somebody else gave him also, they saw me give, so they gave him. He didn't show up last night, by the way, P.S., so he showed up tonight. Showed up tonight, and he said, I have, I think he said, whatever he had. So I said, okay, here's, here, here. he came out, he, he made... A nice appeal. He came out, we went out with a lot of money, probably not a lot. He went out with a nice amount of money. He ran out, he brought back some vodka and some orange juice, some water, some cakes, some cookies. It was an amazing thing. And he told a story that he just heard. From a young man, who's now a married man, of course, with children. Probably grandchildren, almost. And this man... One second. Okay. Um, this man was a bucker in Tavshin Mem Gimel. 83. He was a single bucker in Yeshiva. And, excuse me, a Mem Beis, the summer of Mem Beis, the bucker were being chosen to go on Yeshiva Shlichas for the next year. Which is a group. Usually you have 10 bachrim, 12 bachrim, 14 bachrim, depends on each yeshiva that, uh, that uh, they were going to. I personally went in 77, Tavshin Lamed Zayin, El Lamed Zayin. I was, I merited to go with a group of nine other bachrim to Caracas, Venezuela for two and a half years. And we were Shluchim of the Rebbe. And you know, as you go on a Shluchim of the Rebbe, I think I've told the story before, you feel every drichas regal, every step of your way, every shrit and trit, as we say back in the home, <coughs> that the Rebbe is with you and you are shliach of the Rebbe. As we do today. Anyway, he was waiting, he was his turn that coming year to go on shlichas. The lists were coming out, this yeshiva, that yeshiva, this yeshiva, that yeshiva, and um, his name is not coming out. And he was getting very, very depressed and very down. And El went, El, El came, El went, Tishrei came, and Tishrei went. And he still did not get chosen to go anywhere. He did, however, have only one site on one particular yeshiva that he wanted to go to, and their list had not come out yet, and the yeshiva was in Seattle, Washington. That's what he felt, that atmosphere, that yeshiva, that sviva, whatever it was, he felt would be fitting for him. It was a day in Cheshvan where the yeshiva's office was at the time on the third floor in 770 in the front room and also on that floor was the Rashag's apartment the Friedrich the, the Rebbe's son-in-law Rabbi Shmayao Gerari who is also the head of the yeshiva also lived on that floor. Kitzer, he went up the administrator of the yeshiva had sent a message that he needs him to come upstairs to him to sign some paperwork for Yeshiva. Okay. So he went up. He went up, he did what he had to, and he came out to go down with the elevator, and 
the Rebbe's standing waiting for the elevator. <laughs> he didn't know where to go. He's got no other way to go down. He figured, okay, he'll let the Rebbe's go down, and then he'll call the elevator back up and he'll go. He won't go. He doesn't want to disturb the Rebbe's and go with the Rebbe's and make her feel uncomfortable. Because the Rebbe's got at the elevator and held the door open and said, "Are you going down?" And he said, uh, yeah. So, get in. So he got into the elevator. And the Rebbe turns to him and says, uh, what are you doing with yourself? See, you're a bacher, yeshiva, what are you doing? And he said, I, I don't know. So, Rebbe says, what does that mean, you don't know? So he <coughs> poured his heart out to the Rebbe that he wants to go to Seattle, Washington, but... Um, the list is not coming out. Nobody, his name did not come out on any list, and then the, he didn't merit. The Rebbe hasn't sent him. She asked him, "What's your name?" And he gave her a name, and she said, "I'll talk to my husband." And the next day, he gets a call from Maskidis. He gets called into Maskidis to the secretary's office. And they asked him, would you like to go to Seattle, Washington, Yeshiva? <laughs> and he said, yes. He said, okay. The Rebbe said you should go. So the Rebbeson intervened on his behalf and saw to it that he got to go. Huh? My wife knows this story. Would love that story. So she would have to listen to this year. Um... I mean, the famous stories we've told about the Rebetzin, that she paid the rent for a family that was evicted, etc. Check the archives, please. I really, really have a sheer to get to today. Um, that's so nasty. It's so rude. But it's okay. There's archives for that reason. Let us focus a little bit on Pasha Shkolim, because lately I've been running into the Sichas of the Rebbe on the Pasha, and I don't end up with much time for the side part, so therefore I started with Chav Shvat. Pasha Shkolim is Pasha Kisisa. You do take out two different Sifritera, although you're not really going to be Matriach de Tzibur. The real reason that they, one of the reasons that they take out a second Sifritera, they shouldn't be Tzibur de Tzibura. Shouldn't trouble the congregation and making them wait until we get to the other Pasha. But with any mishpatim and then truma tzavik kisitsa, it's a quick roll. Truma is a short parsha. Excuse me, as it tzavik. So it's not really such a big job. But we take out two different sifritera. Ze yitnu. This is the coin, said the Abishta to Meisha. As the Abishri took from under his Kisei covered a fiery coin, and he showed Moshe the half shekel coin. Moshe said, "Rebbe Nishalelam, honestly, this money collected on the Shkolim was." to buy the public sacrifices, Karbanis Sibur. 
Why only a half a shekel? Why shouldn't everybody give a shekel? You want to count each head, so you can't give more than a shekel, but at least let them give a shekel. Are you talking to each other? Can I get a cup of water? Please, thank you. Go that way! Okay, forget it. Why half a shekel, says Moshe? The Abisha tells him, the reason for the half a shekel is to count the Yidin. So when they count up, we count up, we don't say there's 10,000 shekelim, which means 20,000 Yidin. We say there are 20,000 coins. 20,000 half shekels, 600,000 half shekel, making 600,000 Jews that gave half a shekel. And that's how they were counted. So why the half? The half is to tell us a lesson. A Jew is a Jew with a neshama and a goof. But a Jew is not, thank you, a Jew is not an entity of his own. A Jew needs to know on his own, he is nothing. He needs to have the Avas Yisrael for a fellow Jew. He needs to make a complete cycle, a complete entity, him and a fellow Jew, she and a fellow Jewess. That right, even Jewish? Are we good on that, Atlanta? Says good. Whew. Put up a ten score for next week, will you? Okay, he throws up scorecards at me. When I get a wrong word, if I pronounce it wrong, I get a text right away. Jewish. Okay, Jewish is accepted. You can use it in your Scrabble game next time you're playing. Okay, my mother would approve you. <laughs> and this is the message of Shkolem. The Avas Yisrael that Yid has to have for a fellow Jew. And this in turn brings us to Pashas Mishpatim. We've discussed many times when we <coughs> learn Chukas or Mishpatim the different types of mitzvahs. The Eidus, Chukim and the Mishpatim. Eidus are testimonial mitzvahs that give testimony for a happening, an occurrence in the Jewish history. Pesach, Shvuiz, Sukkis. Mishpatim. Give us a lesson how one needs to behave with a fellow Jew. Although, are you wearing? Although the front is all open. Although these are commonsensical <laughs> mitzvahs, commonsensical mitzvahs, but mitzvahs nonetheless, the Torah gives us tzchus by telling us how we have to do it. Now we know the name of a Pasha ultimately reflects on the Pasha. So therefore, Mishpatim. Most mitzvahs in this Pasha 
go under the level of mishpatim. <laughs> Mitzvahs that according to Seichel, he just sent Atlantic flying. Sorry. According to the Seichel, have to be done. But when we get to the end of the Pasha, we find a total different concept, which is not Mishpatim at all. We find the preparation of Matan Teda. Awful lot of sounds going on, and this recordings are being disturbed. Which depict to us the Hakana, the preparation to Matan Teda. And these are mitzvahs that are mechuyiv, um, okay, Atlanta we still have, wait a minute, Atlanta on hold, how do I get an off hold? Maybe someone called them. Someone else called in now, I just got to figure out how to get them both back. One second, Atlanta is on hold. Um, let me just hang up on both, bring them both back to life. Okay. As we get to the end of the Pasha, we have you both back now. Thank you. We find Mrs. In preparation to Matan Teda. And they have nothing to do with Mishpatim at all. Well, the Jews said Nasa before they said Nishma. And they are commanded the concept of Kabbalah Sale. Kabbalah Sale is something that's totally opposite of Havana and Seichel. Chapter 23, verse 19. Gimel Thou shalt not cook the, the gedi, the sheep, in the milk of its mother. Again, forbidding, one of, the, one of the prohibitions of forbidding us of milk and meat together. That's not Mishpatim. Let us bring what the Shalah says on the Pasuk back in Pasha B'Shalach. Zekeli v'yamvehu elekei avivarei This is something we said, Zeh, we said was pointing Marabetzba. Zekeli v'yamvehu, this is our God, our Amvehu. And elekei avivarei and the God of our Father, and one that raises us up. And the Shalom explains. When a Jew reaches to recognition of the Creator according to his Seichel and his Machshava, where he can point with his finger and say, Zeh Keli, this is God. 
Then he reaches to the level of the Anvehu. What is Anvehu? Anvehu breaks up into the words, Ani, Vehu. I and him. I and God. We are one together. Once he has the recognition of the concept of Zek Keli, then he comes on to the Vehu. When a person brings together, unites himself with the Almighty, and the bond of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that's brilliant on the video. I told you that before the shit started. <laughs> the belief that goes down generation to generation of Eleke Avi, the God of my father, this remains HaKadosh Baruch Hu from Meruchak Mina Adam. Distance from the man and the concept of an Emimenu. The natural belief. <laughs> the concept of believing in God is a Yerusha from our forefathers. But it needs to be the foundation of Avona and of concentration. But we can't suffice with that. This belief alone does not come from the depth with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Only when a person recognizes, understands, in his seichel, the greatness of God, then he makes a bond, a physical bond, an inner bond, with the Creator. So the Pasuk therefore has to be turned around. Before Amuna, for the basic Amuna, Eleke Avi. Oh man, I'm in the middle of a shear now. Eleke Avi. Only after that does become the concept of Zekeli. This is therefore we need to go deeper into this. The Pasuk is not talking about the first Amunah, the natural Amunah of a person, that the person himself can't bring up, can't conjure up. The Pasuk is talking about two levels. The Atmis, the person's self-work that comes after the first Amunah, the original Amunah. The natural Amun in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the natural belief in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, <coughs> which is ingrained in the person from birth, this is the first basis all people have in order for service to God. <coughs> and this basic Amunah starts off the person 
and gives him a general belief and understanding in God. By having this belief, by developing and working on this belief, the person achieves the belief of saying, Zach Haley, this is my God. But he can't suffice for saying Zekeli. He needs to say L-A-K Avi Varemimeno. Where? You study, you need to go to sleep. This brings the person to the Avi Varemimeno. After he achieves the Havana, the recognition, he wants to bring out this inner belief. Although the person, as a person, has only a limited potential, how much they can believe, how much they can develop, how much they can work on themselves, but this concept, by working on the Zakali that the person has, which, is co- which comes from Yerusha, which comes from an inheritance nat- nat- naturally inborn within the person, this ultimately gets developed to become Zekeli. This point, this mainstay point, is explained in our Pasha. After the Almighty reveals on Hasinai, back in Yisrael, his the service that a Jew has to have to God, comes along the Mishpatim. After this Shlav, after this epic era, era, epic era. This service, the person's developed connection needs to strive to go higher and higher. The person needs to stand with a Muna in Kabbalah sale. And therefore at the end of the Pasha talks about Nasa and then Nishma. The mitzvahs that come as a Chik in order, in order so that HaKadosh Baruch himself should rise up above the Maidat Masechel. And this is therefore the name Mishpatim. In the dinim that we come across in the Pasha, we come across a problem. Kisikne Eved Ivri, and we're going to discuss what an Eved Ivri is. Is it a Jewish servant, or is it a servant of a Jew? He's supposed to work for six years. And on the seventh, he needs to be freed. 
Sorry, let's go back. is not part of Mishpatim. What we're saying is that once the person achieves the level of Nasev and Nishma, which is a Chok for its own, because Nasa, saying Nasa before they say Nishma, they are provided, they're showing how they are ready to do things without any reason or rhyme, rhyme or reason, because they're saying, we'll do it, and then tell us, then we'll listen to what you have to say. So therefore the Torah also adds in another one of the Chukim, to show that since the Yidin are now at a level of Kabbalah's oil, where they're accepting blindly, Torah therefore puts into a mitzvah of Litzvah a mitzvah that doesn't have any connection with Mishpatim at all. Because the concept of the Kabbalah's El that the Yidin developed at this point, in this stage of the Pasha, needs to be cultivated. Where do we cultivate it? With Chukim. So we have the, which Chukim do we start with? He starts with this, with this one. Although Zayt's Chukas HaTeles will learn later be Parah Duma, but it's Vash how come I keep cutting out? I don't understand what's going on here. What is it? First of all, do you, say, do you see a picture over here? You see me? Because I'm black on the screen. Yeah, okay. Now, why does it keep cutting out? I don't know. I'm afraid to figure out. Are you not getting a clear sound? You are. You're not. Okay. Oh, he left. Why did he leave? Let me add him back. One second. Um, okay, let me try to put him back on to see what happens here. Okay, I hope you're back on. <coughs> I hope the sound is better now. The Pasuk then tells us that the Evadivri is purchased for six years. On the seventh, he goes free. he says, I love my master. I don't want to go. I'm ready to stay. Taylor tells us, whoa, what happened now? Taylor tells us that he needs to be punished. And we take him to the doorpost. This is acting up today. There you go. We take him to the doorpost, and his ear is pierced, and he stays on until Yovel, till 50 years, till the Jubilee. This is chapter 21, verse 6. Aleph, Posig Vov. Uma ro eizen, Rashi says, the Hiratzeh. Why the ear? Why are we piercing the ear? What did the ear do here that we pierce the ear? And Rashi quotes Oma Rabbi Yechanan ben Zakkai. Rabbi Yechanan ben Zakkai says, Ozen Zeis, this ear, Sheshama that heard, Al Hasinai, on Hasinai, Lay. Signai, thou shalt not steal. Veholach, veganav, tirze. 
and he goes and steals anyway, he now needs to be pierced. There are also other explanations to this, one of which where Hashem says, that same ear that heard me say, that you are my servant, you are my, you should be serving me, that ear is now pierced, because now you're not hearing that. You're trying to be a servant to somebody else. But we're going according to this Rashi here. Uh, there's a keli, they had a special thing that they used, a tool, and they put it through, I think, the top of the ear, if I'm not mistaken. <coughs> I don't remember, I believe it says the top of the ear. But it was done against the doorpost. The question that we have here, Rashi is quite clear, and he's telling us, okay, it said thou shalt not steal, you did not hear us, and therefore, you're getting punished for it. But the question we have on Rashi is, why quote Rabbi Yechim ben Zakkai? <coughs> why are you quoting somebody all of a sudden? Rashi usually explains something, he explains it himself. Why is he now quoting Rabbi Yechim ben Zakkai? As we explain many times, there are four different ways of explaining Tere, Pshat, Remez, Drush, and Said. We won't explain this according to the Pshat of Rashi, we'll explain this according to Remez, according to the hint of Tere. <coughs> the Chayre, we're dealing here with an era, the epica, where people were poor. And the poor man went and sold himself Nebuch because he didn't have money to food feed himself. Or he unfortunately succumbed to stealing and therefore was caught and now has to be punished for it. This is a person Nebuch at a very, very low level. Yeah, I know the IRS could tell us people that steal at a lot bigger level than that but okay, we're not going to those type of people. Why are we punishing this person so severely? Why puncture his ear, pierce his ear? He's never a broken person. He's so poor. He has nothing to eat. He succumbed to doing such a lowly act. <laughs> Come on. And what did he say? A half the I love my master. I feel that my master treats me well. And I'm comfortable here. And I have food here. And I have a sustenance here. I have a roof over my head here. I don't want to go back out on the street with nothing in poverty. It's not so severe. And he was given a wife. And with his wife he had children. He doesn't want to leave them behind. This a master is allowed to give a non-Jewish, a non-Jewish wife to the Ebed Ivri. Unfortunately, he doesn't take her with him. So he doesn't want to leave them. After all, who amavayehi, who tzivayamid? Person is made to procreate. And here he goes and brings a family into the world and you're telling him, no, you have to leave them all behind. I'm sorry. 
Rashi's answer is the quote of the person he's quoting, Rabbi Yechelen ben Zakkai. What? Who was Rabbi Yechelen ben Zakkai? He was an epitome of Teda and Gemilas Chasadim. Rabbi Yechelen ben Zakkai was in the time of the destruction where the poverty was horrific. And still in all, it's said about Rabbi Yechon and Zakkai, Le'halach dalet ames b'liteira. If you keep your score at home, you can write on heaven, right in the beginning. Le'halach dalet ames b'liteira, v'arboim shana lomad, v'arboim shana limad. He didn't go four cubits without learning teira. For 40 years he learned, and 40 years he taught And he was worried in the time of the Churban that Teda should continue, the study of Teda. And also, Rabbi Yechelen ben Zakkai was a phenomenal person, Gemilas Chasadim. So much so that he was compared to the Beis Hamikdash, and if you keep me score, not keeping score, it's an Avos Dereb Nassim. So from him we learn. That the servant cannot say that the tater says to marry this woman who omavayehi, and the tater says afterwards six days, six years he needs to go free. Because the tater did not say the yachtel evyan The same tater that says don't deprive the poor person also says le signev. And the tater worries about each and every Jew. And therefore the tater says him, Kesef Talva Zami. If you will loan money. So he had no reason to steal, to sell himself. He should have worked on it to borrow, to turn things around, to make things happen. Since he didn't, and since he had a lack of belief in Munah Hashem, he deserves to have his ear pierced. It was commonplace to have the ear pierced, but it therefore it was pierced in a place that they didn't usually pierce it. A wealthy Jew happened to visit the Belshem HaKadosh the Holy Vashemtov. I may have told this story in the past. If I'm not mistaken, I did. But it's a story that's very apropos for this parsha, and therefore I find that it's only right that we tell it again. And he came into the Vashemtov and he asked for an appointment. He wanted to meet with the Vashem HaKadosh, the Vashemtov. He finally, so they got him in to come into the Vashemtov. And he sat down by the Vashemtov and he was very unimpressed. He was unimpressed. He heard this is a holy Jew and everything, but there's nothing here. He doesn't see it, he doesn't feel it. No. I'm even a Fatsadik. He says to the Vashemtov, I don't know why I came here. 
And Baal Shem Tov says, can you do me a favor? Give, spare me a few minutes. I want to tell you a story. He looks at his watch and he says, okay, but please do it quickly because I've got things to do. And Baal Shem Tov begins with a story. Many years ago in Warsaw, there were two Jews, partners, who had a business and were doing very, very well. Very successful. They were best of friends. They had grown up together, actually. They were study partners in yeshiva, and they built houses together in the same block, the same neighbor. They were next-door neighbors to each other. They were literally best of friends. And the business prospered. And they decided that Poland was a place of commerce. And they were doing well, but in Yiddish they say, as good is good is best and is better. If good is good, isn't better, better. So they decided they're going to broaden their horizons. They're going to go a step further. They're going a step further. They decided to go to France and set up shop in France. The two of them traveled together and they found a good business to set up and they began to build. And build they did indeed. Successful they were. So successful were they. They were now established here in France as well. And they decided, Why neglect our business in Warsaw? I'll go back to Warsaw, you stay here and run the, run the France. And you know what? I'm not going to keep your books, you don't keep my books. We have two successful businesses running here, you keep yours, I'll keep mine. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I told you the guy who wanted to say Parsha Samon. They say it's a school and during the week of Bishalach on Tuesday to say Parsha Samon for Panasa. So the guy was saying it by heart. So I said, Why aren't you looking inside the safe? Look inside, there's a book here that says it. Why aren't you? He says, No, I want the money off the books. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, so good. He went back to Warsaw and he stayed in France. Bye, And the Almighty has his ominous wisdom and beautiful ways of doing things. And the fellow in Warsaw took one bad turn after another and was left poverty-stricken. 
with his last few pennies, he bought himself a ticket and went to France. Now, the truth is that in the beginning of this split, they would write to each other every day. They didn't text, they didn't email. It's a little while back. But they wrote each other constantly letters. But as time went on, the letters came once a week, once a month, and then ultimately for the holidays. But they were still friends. And our poor poverty-stricken fellow from Warsaw arrives in France, sits down across the table from his friend, his brother, his his lifelong friend, who was so excited to see him after they embraced and hugged and everything, sat down to a drink. And he breaks down in tears and he tells him what happened. He tells him that how he's totally destitute. Is that the right word? Yeah, should be. (laughs) I know it is, I was joking. He's broke. Maybe you could loan me some money so I can get back on my feet. He says, are you crazy? Are you you out of your mind, he tells him? The man from France says. Loan you money? We're brothers. We built my business together. You're my partner 50-50 here. Here, you take, you took half the business, half the money. You take this and go set yourself back up again on your feet. Chas v'shalom. Alone? We're brothers. This is what brothers do for one another. The man from Poland was, was it was beyond belief to understand and to grasp how this man could do this for him. How this man still felt this way for him. How he deserved. Did I really deserve getting this? Am I fit to get this? The Baal is telling this. But, it sunk in because the man was so giving, was so kind and so full of love, was so caring, and so dedicated and devoted and, and honest about it. He saw, he's really getting this money. And he took the money, graciously. And he went back to Poland, back to Warsaw, reinvested and did very well for himself. Better than ever before. Another decade goes by. The wheel of fortune in France took a turn to the worst. Now our friend in France was destitute. And he said, maybe I can get a loan for my friend in Warsaw, but I'm an old man now, it's hard for me to travel. (coughs) But I can't live like this for the rest of my life. And so he went to Warsaw. Our friend in Warsaw by this time had built a house, palatial style, with fences around it, and ushers and butlers, and called Dovertev. And it punct happened to be that he was standing by the window when he saw his friend from France coming and not looking happy. And he said, oh no, he's coming to ask for his money back. That's terrible, because I happen to just now be in the midst of a negotiation 
this very money that I need, which he's going to ask for me back, is exactly what's going to make me, it's going to tip me over. It's going to make me as rich as anyone in the world has ever been. I just can't do it. Immediately he sent out one of the messengers, one of the butlers, to find out who you are, what do you want, and to say our master is gone, we don't know when he'll be back. And so the guy comes to the gate and he says, yes, can I help you? And he tells him what he needs. He wants to meet with the master. The master is not here. He won't be a bear for a while. The man was just too tired. The journey took its toll on him. The destitution took its toll on him. The heartbreak of arriving and seeing there's no solution took its toll on him. He sat down outside the gate of the house and just cried. And through the night as he cried, his holy neshama returned to the Almighty God. And the Bashem continues. His holy neshama came to Bezdin Shamayla, to the heavenly courts. And the heavenly court said, Shalom Lecha, you straight to Ganeidin. What you did for this fellow, saving him and being so open and friendly and loving and caring and devoted and dedicated and not, not making the man feel for an iota a second that he was doing the wrong thing or taking the wrong thing but really feeling comfortable and saving this man's life, you go straight to Ganeidin. And the man said something that shook Bezdin Shalmaila. He said, what about my friend? What will be with him? Oh, him? No hope. He's not going to heaven ever. He started to cry. The Neshama started to cry and said, please, I don't want ill to fall upon him. I wish him no bad. Please, find a tshuva for him. And Bezdin Shemayla said, we have a tshuva. When he dies, you and he are going to go back into the world. And he has to ultimately pay you back. When he finishes paying you back everything that you gave him, with interest... His tshuva will be accepted and you'll both go to Ghanayim. The Neshama said, fine. And when the man passed, the decree was passed, and the Neshamas came back down to the world. And the Tzaddik's Neshama came into a body of a very, very poor man. And the other man was very wealthy. And every day, the poor man came to the rich man's house and asked for alms. And every day he gave him... It would take a good couple of lifetimes to pay back at the rate he was going. But it was worse than that. He obviously did not know who he was giving this money to. He did not know what was in the balance for this. 
and he started to get antsy. He started to get fed up with this man coming day after day. And he would give him a little less each time and give him a little less of an encouraging word. A little less of a compliment. He figured maybe he'll make him feel worse, maybe he'll make him feel bad, and maybe he'll want to stop coming on his own. But the man persisted, the man came back every day. Although he was getting less, and although he was getting berated each time, he just persistently returned to get his few cupcakes. One day, the rich man had really was in a bad mood. And something was really going wrong at the time. And boom, the knock on the door. And it was the poor man again. Wrong place, wrong time. You didn't belong here to begin with. But now you're really rocking the boat. The rich man took a stick, opened the door, and wanted to chase the man away. But as he swung, he hit him in the head. And the man fell dead. He was mortified. I I, I killed the guy. It was an accident. I just wanted to wave the stick at him to send him away. But I killed him. So the rich man went. He says, never mind my conscience. Never mind the Aveda. I'm going to go to jail. And he took the body and he slept him to the end of his estate. On the side of the yard there he buried him. Shalom. And the Bashemtiv told the man, Thank you for listening. You can now go. The man hearing this story started to tremble, started to shake from head to toe started to cry uncontrollably. He literally fell off his seat from the emotion. And he fell to his knees and he was crying and begging and said to the It was me! I killed that man! I buried him in my yard! Do you mean to say I ruined my chance for tshuva? It's all over for me. What will become of me now? And the Bashem told him, no. You can still do tshuva. Mm-hmm. He told him how and he told him what. He told him what to do, what to give away, he had to give everything away. And he had to move on and, and travel town to town begging for alms and daven, and repent, and do tshuva. Going back to the ear piercing, what does it have to do with us? It's a law on the table, what? We don't work now, we don't get sold as slaves. Sheish Shonim Tavit. The Sheish Shonim are referred to in the days of the week. 
six days a week, a person is avodim lavodim. The person is a slave to himself, to his business, to his work. To his physical work. And he's literally bought himself a boss. Even if he's his own boss and works his own business, he's, he's a slave to himself. This is for six days. On the seventh day, on the seventh year, Shabbos Kedish, the person has to lot say go free. He needs to rest from all the work things, from all the weekly jobs. The person doesn't want to. Doesn't want to. He can't stop thinking about them. For this, the Torah tells us, You are my servants, and you need to serve me. As Rashi explained here also, that the ear that heard that you are a servant to God has to hear now that you are a servant to God as well. And this is why the Neshama comes down to this world. This is the commandment that Kaddish Baruch Hu says to give everyone sustenance. Definitely they're given the strength and the capacity to fulfill this. And therefore, in the days of the week, a person does involve himself in physical labor. But should not do it as a slave. He should do it L'shem Shemaim. For the heavenly sake. And should do it as a servant of God. And then when Shabbos comes, he can sanctify Shabbos. He can separate Shabbos and weekday. And he can make things holy. He could learn Teda. Avedis Hashem. Not just a Shabbos where I sleep through the whole Shabbos. But a Shabbos that is holy. Shabbos Lashem. Kedesh Lashem. And he feels the sanctity. And we should zecher on this Shabbos. Shabbos Shpotim. Shabbos Shkolim. Where we're going to start to read about Truma. Where we can give of ourselves throughout the week to God. And so too, on Shabbos, we can accomplish an ultimate Kedusha of Shabbos. The sanctity of Shabbos. And we could live the way Hashem wants us to. And we should merit that this very Shabbos, we should live a Shabbos, Shekulei Shabbos, Menucha, Nechai Elomim, Shabbat Shalom to all.